0: Assalamu
1: alaikum Isma. Wa alaikum
0: So thank you guys for joining us. Uh, My name is Tasneen, so I'll be your host for this afternoon, inshallah. Um, And I have a a very special guest here, um, Isma, who is a writer for Inspirative Minds, which is a Muslim health um, charity. Um, And she's been working with them for over two years now. outside of this she does work for the NHS and has experience with mental health with the mental health patients as well so Assalamu Alaikum how are you? Assalamu Alaikum all well Alhamdulillah Tas, how are you? I'm good Alhamdulillah um, I guess we can get cracking um, so thank you again for joining us this afternoon um, so tell us tell us what is what is mental health?
1: Um, so mental health is something that everyone has, really. Uh, we aim for good mental health, but obviously some people's mental health isn't so good. And when it gets to a particular degree, that's when it becomes a problem and, and, and mental, mental illness, essentially. I think um, obviously with mental health, it's influenced by things like genetics, um, maybe the kind of upbringing that you've had, the environment that you're in. Um, but islamically mental health is just as important as a physical health problem even though um, there is a lot of taboo in our culture and in the muslim community in general
0: yeah that's, that's that's very interesting um and i guess it comes to your it comes it comes to your what your role is in i guess and what is in, is what is the spirit of minds because i believe they are a muslim mental health charity so tell us what what, what do they do what what is the spirit of minds?
1: Yeah, so you're right. They are a a, a Muslim mental health charity. Um, so they developed about, I think it was eight years ago. Um, initially, just to kind of raise awareness, combat all the stigmas associated with mental health, and really just to kind of provide that professional and non-judgmental advice and support to people who have mental health illnesses. Um, I think initially when Inspirited Minds were coming about, they did some research which showed that a lot of Muslims actually found it quite difficult to seek help because they felt like they wouldn't be understood by someone who didn't really understand their faith or their culture. So they chose to obviously just not seek help. Um, That's how Inspirited Minds came about, who obviously um, created a Muslim charity to cater for that need. And they do provide uh, quite a few different services, alhamdulillah.
0: So I'm so glad you mentioned that because I remember when I was in uni and that's the first time I heard about Inspirative Minds. And I was like, wow, there's actually an organisation out there that is advocating for uh, providing support for Muslim mental health. Because it's one of those things that you wouldn't... I didn't know it existed. And to be honest, it's one of those things where you only think you can only get support from your GP. Um, But there are actually organisations out there that are actually... I guess filling the, the 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 gap in the market and, and providing that support for I guess Muslims and non-Muslims even though it is a Muslim charity?
1: Yeah I think I've heard that a lot actually from people when I initially tell them that I um, work my spiritual minds and I tell them it's a Muslim mental health charity they're like oh my gosh I didn't know this was even available Um, so I think they still need a bit more recognition in that sense uh, but alhamdulillah the, the facility is there um, and that gap in the market is uh, being addressed.
0: I'm so glad. Yeah, it's very, very important, I guess, that um, that there is organisations out there that can help support um, people with with mental health, um, just in general. So, what is what is your role, I guess, in Inspirited Minds? What is it you do? What how do you fit in?
1: So I'm a a writer. So I've been writing for Inspirited Minds for the last two years now Um, so I write a lot of articles on their website and I um, write some of the material that goes on their infographics on social media but there are a lot of other roles like I mentioned before counselling and um, they also do training for imams and other muslim leaders surrounding mental health too to kind of battle those misconceptions
0: Well, mashallah That's, that's really good so we should um should get you to read some of your articles but i guess we won't have enough time for that Jesus.
1: today <laughs> Jesus, do that.
0: <laughs> so you, you mentioned you know the services um so other than when someone says mental health and the, the first thing that comes to mind is okay so what is it they need is it counseling is it what sort of things can people have access to if with regards to this charity or just in general in in terms to help them with their mental health so what services do, do they have how can they actually help people
1: so they do have. Uh, I think the, the one of the main things is their counselling service. So, um, obviously, the first option is there for with the NHS of trying to seek counselling. Um, but I'm sure many people are aware about the waiting lists um, and the nightmares yeah. people have with the NHS. It's quite you difficult might
0: difficult be... with the NHS, yeah, because you're probably looking at um, by the time you actually see a GP and get referred, you're looking at probably over a year you're even seeing them so how 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 is this tackled with the with with this organization
1: yeah so like you could imagine having to wait a year and if you're if you're there having like suicidal thoughts and self-harm you're not going to be waiting six months a year yeah exactly Um, so the way that inspiration mind works it is a private service so it's not through the nhs um so usually private services unfortunately when it comes to a psych referral they can be quite costly. I remember looking at some recently, and <laughs> per session it was costing like at least like three digits. Yeah, um it's very really expensive. It's just, exactly, it's it's not affordable. But especially for a student, um, or if you're you know newly working, only working part time or whatever, it's not um an affordable route to take. So in Spirit and Minds they offer low cost counselling by Muslim um counsellors, qualified counsellors, qualified um, c- cognitive behavioral therapists and psychotherapists. So they do offer very minimal rates per session, and actually they do have an option of if you were unable to afford counselling, um, you they can accommodate for you. Um, you just have to request that through their website, just to say that actually I can't um afford the minimal rates either, and that's that's fine. They do um they do help in that sense too.
0: Okay, that's that's very um, interesting.
1: Yeah um and another point to add was that um uh the counseling services they do provide that in more than 10 languages so i think that's Oh a... wow
0: okay yeah. so yeah that's i think that's very important especially for our um i guess our gener well our generation won't have probably have a problem with english but as i'm like if you look at the older generation that that might find it even more difficult in terms of just getting support for their mental health and there the, there's always a barrier of language and i guess them providing the services with more than 10 languages is amazing because they actually are able to provide services for people, I guess, from all cultures, from all around, Um, not just people that are just limited to English. So that's very, very important. And I guess that's something that, I guess, makes Inspirative Minds unique.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah, I'll <laughs> Um. Yeah
0: okay and in terms of like um so you, you 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 mentioned that they're experienced um people are they are they muslims or how, how does it how does it work in the sense that um does it make it as yeah, like the, um, the therapist that the patients see
1: yeah so um from my understanding all of the counselors therapists they are muslim but um although i know i've said that Inspirited Minds is a Muslim charity and um, that doesn't mean that they turn away anyone who's not Muslim and uh, who's sought for help so um, if non-Muslims uh, decide to use Inspirited Minds as a counselling service that's not an issue at all. Um, our doors are open to everybody but obviously um, it is predominantly Muslim based.
0: Okay so in terms of like so that's the services in terms of uh, you talking the therapy sessions etc
1: um,
0: How is there anything extra that they provide as well?
1: So a lot of the other work is more community based. So like mentioned before, um, they're working with Imams um, and Muslim leaders to kind of educate them surrounding mental health um, and so that they can in turn then educate their communities as well. Because um, like we said before, there's a lot of misconception, especially with elders when it comes to mental health. So if you provide yeah, that training... to do be... Yeah, exactly. And if you provide that training, two imams and two muslim leaders they can pass that on to those in their community in the masjids um so i think that's one of the other key things that they're they're currently doing too
0: perfect perfect it's very important yeah like that that everyone else is educated otherwise you can't really make a change if people are not educated on how to deal with mental health or what is mental health in general because otherwise people just overlook it and just you know uh, brush it under the rug so uh, how have you in terms of your work how have you found the the changes um with covid and, and mental health how has covid impacted mental health whether it's um waiting times or whether it's the what we what you see uh, what patients are presenting in terms of mental health issues
1: i think um covid in particular has definitely brought about a whole new set of issues sadly um obviously there's a lot of things that have led to that um social distancing and obviously people were well away from their family, their friends. um, People were working from home so obviously they didn't have that uh, interaction that you'd usually get uh with you know your colleagues. You'd have less access to support because GP services were limited as well, they were under a lot of pressure um, and people were losing loved ones as well, people were passing away from Covid and I think it came to a point where you turned the tv on and all you saw were death rates upon death rates upon death rates and i think after a while it just starts to take a toll on anybody really and um, i think particularly uh with covid it brought about uh, an increase in an increase in depression an increase in anxiety and an increase in ocd as well because of obviously the hygiene element as well um so you'd have people who already had things like depression and anxiety before the pandemic um which would have worsened because of covid but then you'd also have people who didn't have those things before covid but now do um sadly so uh, it has impacted um mental health in so many different ways
0: i guess it's really um i guess it's, you mentioned a good point in regards to um how COVID has really impacted people's mental health, and I guess I do remember very vividly when when all you can see was death rates, and it kind of does play around with your mind as well. Um, and I think uh, it gets into the next point as well in terms of social media and how social media plays a massive role on mental health. Um, how how do you how do you what, what what would you say in terms of like how social media can have an impact on on, on people's uh, mental health, and how it, I guess <laughs> impact it negatively or positively.
1: Yeah, I think people that um know me know that I'm very like anti social media. Um so I, I would say um with regards to social media to limit it as much as possible really. Um, but really to take note of what you're actually consuming. Um, because I think it's so easy to go on Instagram, to go on like Snapchat or whatever else, um Facebook, TikTok and see people posting like the highlights of their life. Um And I think sometimes you need to kind of remind yourself that people are only going to be sharing the best parts of their life. So whether that's, you know, um, an accomplishment in terms of their job, in terms of their education, a holiday that they've been, been on, you're only going to see the positives of what these people are going through. You're never going to see someone post the lowest moments of their life on there. So you start to think that, actually no one else is having a bad time. It's just you. Um, so it's important to kind of remind yourself to not fall in, uh, into that trap where you're thinking everyone else has things cushy and I'm the only one that's struggling because you know everyone is going through some sort of difficulty, whether that's privately um, or openly. Um, you don't know anyone's struggle. So I think it's just important to just be conscious about that. Um, and be conscious about what you're consuming the kind of people that you're following um are they beneficial in terms of islamically and are they um, beneficial in terms of um just uh, in terms of your mind really
0: yeah i think it's very important that you know we take responsibility for who we follow on social media and the, what we expose ourselves to as well because i think that plays a massive role on on how that can impact our our, our mental health and our lives in general so I guess it's very important that we take responsibility of what we want to be exposed to. Yeah, absolutely, I I agree. Yeah. So in terms of like um uh, the barriers, what are the barriers? Do you think like what are the barriers do do we, um, have in our Muslim community that are are basically impacting our mental health at the minute, or in general?
1: I I think within our Muslim community, there's a few issues, a few misconceptions when it comes to mental health. I think one of those misconceptions obviously uh, relating to like psychosis, people try to attribute that to gins and whatnot. Um, you also get people who um, try to say that, you know, if you're severely depressed that that's somehow related to how much you mind you have, which isn't correct. Um, and I think one really important thing to remember is, and I think I see, I see people try to guilt trip others a lot is that you're allowed to be sad in Islam you're allowed to feel grief you're allowed to feel sorrow like you can still appreciate things and you can still be grateful about things but also be sad about things that have happened um about you know if you if someone has passed away you're allowed to feel sad about that you know being patient doesn't mean that you can't feel sadness um Islam doesn't say that you you, you can't ever feel these things um so sometimes you hear things from people saying you know have faith you know just pray a bit more um you know have faith in Allah but you can still have faith in Allah and still feel sad about a situation um like if we take for example um uh, the life of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he felt sorrow and anxiety when um his uncle passed away when his wife passed away and when yaqub وسلم, he almost lost his eyesight due to the grief of losing his son and I think that's an important example to use, in order to say that you are going to have situations in life where you feel immense sorrow and anxiety, but it is okay in Islam to feel that sadness, to feel that grief, um, and to return to Allah. You don't have to kind of listen to people when they try to say that just have a bit more faith. Why are you feeling sad? For it's fine. Um, these things happen. Uh, your feelings are valid.
0: Yeah you make some very good points there. I think it's very important because sometimes we can you know we 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 can just get so overwhelmed with with our emotions and sometimes we just feel guilty for things and it's like it's okay to feel certain ways and to, to basically accept our own emotions and just be um just be more aware I guess um that it's okay to feel certain ways it's absolutely normal we are human at the end of the day and and you know we can only t- we can only take so much as well. Um yeah so I think... I'm really g- glad you've mentioned that and you've touched up on that point.
1: Yeah, I think generally um, we are quite harsh on ourselves.
0: Yeah, we can be a bit too harsh on ourselves. And then, you know, um, but I guess it, it brings me on to my next point. Do you think mental health is something that's been taken seriously, whether it's at home or at work or in university or et cetera? Do you think we take it take it seriously enough?
1: Um... <clears throat> I think uh, um, obviously people's work situations differ uh, depending on where you work but I think from what I've seen mostly um, I think when you first join a workplace you know everyone's very nice everyone's like yeah yeah Um, if you need any help or if you're going through something you know um, there's in-house mental health support you get emails about important organizations important uh, mental health charities. But then I feel like when push comes to shove and the time comes where you have to take some sick days off um or you're struggling with mental health and you can't do certain things um I think that's when the reality kind of hits and where employees tend to be a bit more difficult um, and a bit less understanding especially in in the NHS I feel Um, I'm not sure if you've seen
0: this yeah I feel like it's a lot yeah yeah I I actually read the book yeah I was gonna say yeah working in the NHS is a completely different ball game. I guess in any field it's, it's going to be different. But um yeah. I, I guess it's one of those things where like I feel like if you if your workplace or your university isn't taking the mental health seriously then maybe it's a chance for for yourselves listening or for some like for you to step up and take that responsibility for your team because like for me for instance in our office we we've been allocated like an hour of um, well-being sessions where you know you can either go for a walk or uh take go for a do a do a fitness session in, in class in the office sorry for 20 minutes just something that keeps your mental health going because otherwise you're constantly just drowning your work you're just going to get stressed and more frustrated and you're just not going to be productive so um yeah you know uh, it's really important that you just spend that like, 20 minutes or 30 minutes a day working on your mental health or um providing providing that service for whatever wherever it, wherever it is you work just being the advocate for mental health in your workplace or being um that person that people can go to for well-being.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a a really, really, really good point. That if you don't have the support that you've got right now, then try to become that support um for the people at work. I think that's a brilliant point. And I think um, I think the issues that employers tend to have is people don't realize that uh, mental health presents differently in different people. So one person with depression might look completely different to another person with depression. You know, it's not like Everyone with depression all have the same symptoms, or they all present the same. Um, so I think it's difficult for them to kind of understand how one person who has a certain condition um, can still do certain things, but another person can't.
0: Um, yeah, it's it's not the same. Everyone goes through things differently, and you can't expect to give the same result for everybody. So it's like, what is, what is not one not one size fits all
1: yeah one size and it fit all and I think just as you mentioned um different things affect people differently so your capacity for something might be completely different to my capacity for something um it shouldn't be compared so just because Utah might be able to do x y and z doesn't mean that I might be able to do that too
0: yeah that's 100 percent true so it's like you, you need to be able to make sure that you're getting the right support for what you need and not everyone yeah. can get the same support or I guess not not all not all the support is it's ideal for every person. So it's making sure yeah. that you're getting what you need.
1: Yeah, and I think um, uh, another pattern that we tend to notice is that um, uh, doing kind of, I guess, the application process, uh, a lot of people who have mental health issues, they don't tend to declare that because they're scared um, about how people perceive them at work or whether actually um, a few months down the line it might be used against them. So I that's think so that's true another point to be wary of
0: yeah I guess it's one of those things where you need to just be very careful um so in terms of like actual treatment so um I know we've spoke about mental health and how Inspirative Minds can provide us with you know um therapy sessions and counselling um when needed and but there's also the other avenue of you know if you need to you need to seek Help you can go to your GP and your GP will provide you with the right medication, um. If the GP thinks you need medication to to, to treat your mental health problems, now do what is your opinion on um therapy and taking medication for, to treat med- mental health? Do you think they work hand in hand, or is it you know therapy is the key or medication is the key or what What are the um, implications?
1: Um, I think of both therapy and medication have their own place, and they're both uh, Known to be and shown to be effective with people who have mental health conditions. Um, I think something important to remember is Islam encourages you to seek remedies. Um, so there's no, there's no shame in asking for professional help or taking the route of uh either therapy or medication or both. Um, so there's benefits that you will get with both therapy and taking medication. So we start off with um yeah. therapy. Therapy
0: first. Um,
1: yeah. So with therapy, obviously, it tackles, it tends to tackle the root cause of the mental health condition. Um, so whilst medication is more kind of maybe uh, correcting that chemical imbalance that you might have, um, or helping with say the symptoms of a panic attack, um, the therapy side of things is kind of getting to the root of the issue of what is actually causing this problem, um, so that there's more kind of benefit long term. Um, this it's interesting because I've come across people who avoid Muslim um, counsellors or avoid uh, Muslim professionals because they feel like they're going to get judged by that uh, by that person. And um, so they feel more conscious because obviously when you're going through therapy, you do have to obviously share personal things. Um, so they actively avoid uh, seeking help from a Muslim professional. And to be honest, <laughs> At some point, um you can't really blame people because at the end of the day, although Islam is compassionate, a lot of Muslims are not yeah like you only, you only need to take a look at some of the stuff online like someone has like a strand of hair showing, and other people are jumping in the comments with you know people are very much like... people are yeah, very
0: harsh with exactly what they say,
1: um like our community tends to kind of wait for people to make a mistake and then jump on them um when they're struggling and i think we we need to cultivate a support system where we're not tearing down someone because they're not you know wearing the hijab properly or they're not doing this properly um and not having such a uh, a judgmental community um but of course there are like spirited minds there are um Therapists available that aren't gonna sit there and judge you for whatever you've done, whatever you've not done, um, things in your past. There's there's no judgment. Many um, is completely confidential. Um, in terms of taking medication, I think um, again, I think there's more of a stigma I would say in taking medication because, from the kind of things that I've heard, even people who work in the NHS they avoid taking medication, which is quite it's quite sad to see because there seems to be again misconceptions associated with that where people think that they're going to get addicted to uh, these medicines whereas that's not that's not the case like you're not gonna um you're gonna be you're gonna be quick to treat something like high blood pressure you're gonna be quick to treat something like you know high blood sugars so it should really be the same when it comes to say like anxiety or depression psychosis you shouldn't have to think twice about having to take something to help with the symptoms of that or to help with the chemical imbalance um but again Taz um with both of those things therapy and taking medication like I think it's important not to expect yourself to um uh kind of overcome things overnight like we are all like a work in progress
0: and as long as you
1: exactly and as long as you're taking the steps to help yourself you just need to be patient with yourself too
0: yeah i think that's really important that we're not so harsh on ourselves as well because at the end of the day um our bodies need time to heal just like you would if you had an infection or anything like that so it's exactly the same with mental health um it's one of those things that you need to take is it will take time it's not something that's going to happen overnight and um whether it's medication because you need medication that means if you if you do get given medication that you probably need it that's probably why the doctors prescribing it but there's also counselling as well and it's one of those things that you know they work hand in hand I think um so it's making sure that we take the opportunities or take the remedies that are provided for us to to help with be help us be in a better healthy state I guess yeah
1: yeah and you can always seek advice from someone about if you're worried about side effects or something or um but I think um, both of them I think Complement each other quite well. So to actively yeah, I guess have, luckily we
0: have the internet, so people can do re- do their research and can make an informed decision. Um, yeah. And if there are any concerns, then they can always go back to a medical professional and be like, yeah. look, "Look, I'm I'm worried about this or I'm worried about that," and they can always reassure them um, if needs be. Um, but it's not. I guess what's important is having that open mind and keeping our options open. Um, yeah, I think that's very key.
1: I think sometimes the risk with the internet is it can be a dark place. Well, yeah, there's that as well. <laughs> You'll get someone telling you they took something and they've never been the same since and it just well, scares it's one you of those off.
0: Things it what happens to one person doesn't mean it'll happen to someone else. It's one of those yeah. things that each person is independent, sorry, each person is unique. And yeah. um, what happens to one person doesn't necessarily mean it's, it's going to happen to someone else. And it's the same thing if something works for one person doesn't mean it'll work for someone else. There's so many different options out there. It's not just one thing. Um but I guess you won't know unless you try so it's taking that first step and getting that and, and getting support for if you do need the support for your mental health I guess that's one of those important things It's to take that first step whether it's seeking help from a GP or going to speak to um, someone privately for counselling or yeah. therapy it's taking that first step which is, I think is the hardest.
1: Yeah 100% I think um, it's very hard to accept sometimes that you're struggling and the things that you're trying to do you no longer enjoy doing them or or you just feel like actually things will start to get better but things don't and you're doing everything you can and your condition isn't changing and I think it is the most difficult thing to accept that um, there is an issue here but it is the bravest thing that I feel like you can do is actively seek help and um, I'll come on to it later but I think that's why it's so important to have a good support system.
0: Yeah. I guess it may Allah make it easier on everyone that is going through anything difficult um with their mental mm-hmm. health or just health in general.
1: Um I guess
0: that makes us um move on to our next point, which is what are your tips for you know, for for us in general and how we can take care of our mental health, whether it's at home or whether it's at work, um, what are your top top tips? Um
1: I like there's going to be quite a few top tips here. We're here for <laughs> it. We're listening. Um so I think um if we uh, stick to kind of I guess work and those who are studying the first thing I would say is um probably very easy for me to say to be honest and I think very difficult to practice uh properly but it's to try to keep work at work and home at home um not merging both of them. So by that I mean like I think I used to struggle with kind of um, coming back home from work and then constantly thinking about the things I still have left to do for the next day, the things I didn't finish today and the things that I already did and I think um, it's, it's really difficult sometimes to switch off from work but I think that's one of the main things that I would advise people to try and keep work at work and when you come home to try and you know whatever it is that you've done at work whatever you haven't done just leave it there you can't obviously change that
0: um it's easier said than done though
1: i know it is easier said than done but i think you have to actively um try to differentiate uh your workplace from your home place but it is tricky especially if you're a remote worker when you're where you're you know working in the same place that you're kind of eating in the same place that you're sleeping in the same place that you're play- playing so you know i know it's a lot more difficult for those who are working from home i have friends who work from home and it's it's extremely difficult for them to differentiate their home life from their work life um so for people who are in that position my advice would be to try and ensure that the area that you work in is separate to the area that you're um kind of doing your chillax activities so like whether that's netflix or whether that's eating and praying and sleeping try and make sure it's in a different room to the room that you're working in um that's
0: very important especially for those that are working from home
1: yeah 100 percent. um and i think something related to work as well is trying to make sure that you're you're not saying yes to everything um i think it's not to be afraid to kind of say no i don't have the capacity for this right now um i think that's something that uh, that's one of my one of my favorite lines. Um, when I, I feel like I can't do any more than I already am, I just say I don't have the capacity for this right now. Because you know you can't put something on someone's plate when they've already told you that that plate's completely full. Um. So just don't be afraid to kind of say no, like I can't do this right now. I don't have the capacity for this. Um. Even though again that's another thing that's easier said than done because I know a lot of people want to be superheroes and get everything done um but you are a human being at the end of the day you're not a machine
0: that's so true yeah there's only so much that a human can tolerate and it's like you need to be in charge of your own health and in charge of how much you can do
1: yeah yeah I know sometimes you know you want to please um your manager or whatever else but it's just not worth it at um at the expense of your mental health 100 um, 100 Uh, Another tip would be, I think I mentioned this kind of briefly before, but just to make sure you have a support system um, outside of university or outside of work, um, outside of college, where someone that you can speak to about kind of work-related issues, about um, issues related to your studies, Um, so you can just speak to them without any fear of judgment. So make sure that you have uh, people that you can talk to about your feelings um there's no shame, like I said in talking to other people, there's no shame in asking for help. I think bottling emotions is a lot worse than um speaking to someone, and I think we have to again remind ourselves, going back to our deen that although of course um Allah is always there to listen to us um Allah has also given you people to confide in and to take comfort into. Um, and again if we use an example of the prophet وسلم, like he had uh, his companions his dear companions as well who you know he took comfort in and confided in so if we were meant to be just alone we wouldn't have um, things like uh, family uh, things like friendship so please um, there's no need to kind of feel guilt in speaking to others I think people with mental health a lot of them tend to think that um they're a burden to other people but it's that it's not the case at all i think you should try to think of it in the sense that if your sister was struggling if your brother was struggling if your um friend was struggling would you not want them to tell you um perhaps it's through them that you're getting allah's help
0: that's Um, so true
1: another tip i would say is um uh like i said i think i uh, uh, said so limiting social media but also make sure that you have um, hobbies outside of work so um, try not to make kind of like your only source of gratification your work um, don't make like the sole oh know again that's easier said than none but don't make the sole <laughs> purpose of your life just working and eating and sleeping Um try and obviously have hobbies outside of work where you're seeing other people you're, you're nurturing you know family ties um you're nurturing other relationships uh, like friendships and I think probably one of the most useful things to do is to have uh, a hobby that's um, active so whether that's walking running um, something that's good for the mind I know a lot of people did a kind of join um, things like running and walking groups during lockdown which helped a lot of people so I think it's important to have something outside of work that you enjoy doing, um, that really makes you thrive, um, but is also good for your mind as well.
0: Yeah, exercise is always good for your mental health, so it's one of those things yeah. that even twenty minutes a day is, is something that is can be can be helpful.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, um, I think uh the other thing I would say probably bringing back bringing it back to the faith again is just to say that um, um. Is being mindful of um, other people around you as well. So, like you mentioned, um, Taz, I think good point you said was obviously if you don't have a mental health champion or at work or something like that, try and be, um, or try and um, create that role within itself at work. So, I think obviously taking care of yourself is extremely important, and taking care of those around you is also very important too, and I think it's that's also part of the sunnah. Um, you need to, of course, make sure that you're not doing that at your own expense, where you're kind of pouring from an empty cup. Um, it's both equally important to take care of yourself and also take care of other people too. And I think over time you realise that, um, that in itself is extremely fulfilling. Um, whether that's through, you know, uh, visiting extended family that you haven't seen in a long time, whether that's through doing community work um, through voluntary organisations or in a community group in the masjid, helping people out through that, or just picking up the phone to speak to a friend, like there's so many different ways where we can um, help each other and keep an eye on each other. You know, if you feel like maybe your work colleague isn't as chirpy as usual, just maybe ask them if they're okay and ask them twice so that you'll actually get the real answer.
0: Yeah, these are very very good points. I've taken some notes for myself at this point because I think we all have to take responsibility for our own, I guess, mental health and health in general. So, um, khairam for those points. I think there is a question. Um, someone mentioned, um, how can we find um, Inspirited minds on social media? Do you know what you what your um what the social media accounts are? Uh
1: yes, so on Instagram, I believe it's in minds. So um if you just i think it's that's that's their that's their handle i think they're on twitter as well with the same um with the same sort of um social media id um their website is inspiritedminds.org.uk. so that's where you'll be able to um find the link for counseling so on the website you'll be able to get details of the counseling services and you you can submit like a, a short form um and then somebody will get back to you with regards to what they can do um, and how they can help, and you can also request a talk. So, say if you feel like your local masjid could do with some mental health training, or your community could do with some help when it comes to mental health, you can request um, a speaker or some training for your uh, community too. So, I Perfect. hope so that's, can that's find great. That.
0: That's that's great. So, I think that's um um really important. Um, if anyone doesn't want access to any of those um websites or um social media, then they can find them online. Well, um, I guess we're coming towards the end of our session today. Jazakallah khairan Isma for being such a great guest and um, providing us with the knowledge on how um, important it is that we keep on top of our mental health. And jazakallah um, khairan for your time as well. And jazakallah khairan for everyone for joining us as well this afternoon. I'm sure you guys must be knackered. Um, but we really do appreciate you guys being present, um, I guess. Um, yeah, so on that note, um, Hope you guys have a lovely afternoon, a lovely evening, a lovely iftar for anyone that's fasting. Um, and we'll catch you guys in our next episode, um, which we'll we'll put on our social media, inshallah. So please do follow us, um, on MYP on Instagram and on Twitter, um, and we'll, we'll see you there. We'll see you in our next session, inshallah. Salam. Assalamu
1: alaikum. JazakAllah Her for having me, uh, Muslim Meet professionals. It's
0: been a pleasure. Likewise. Um. Take care. Okay. Alaykum, everyone. Bye.